Vic, co-host of Decades Apart, watching Decades Together, the podcast where two sisters, practically 20 years apart in age, watch shows from decades ago. This season, we're watching Seinfeld. Get both of our perspectives. The show starts now. Welcome to Decades Apart, watching Decades Together, the show where two sisters, practically 20 years apart, are watching, well, we're starting with Seinfeld this season. Today is our first episode, season one, episode one, and we're going to be watching Seinfeld's first season, season one, episode one. I'm Vic, and I'm here with my sister, Bob. Say hi, Bob. Hello. And yeah, so we're 20 years apart, about, I'm in my mid-40s, almost mid-40s, and Bob's in her mid twenties, and we're just going to watch the show together to kind of get the different perspectives of the different generations. To start off, this is known as the Seinfeld Chronicles. This is actually the pilot episode for Seinfeld, and it aired on July fifth, nineteen eighty nine. I had no idea that Seinfeld aired in the eighties. To me, living through it, we were watching it in the late nineties. So. I was shocked uh, to see that it was airing in 1989. We'll go ahead and jump into this episode. This starts off with Seinfeld's classic stand-up comedy. He does his little introduction at the comedy club. He just goes on to talk about going out. Everybody's trying to go out. And once you're out, everybody's trying to go back home. I don't know how much you know about Seinfeld, but Seinfeld was the show about nothing. A lot of (laughs) stuff that he talks about (laughs) is really similar to the opening of this episode. Was that like, was that like a self-proclaimed, like the show of nothing or was that like a critique? (laughs) Yeah, self-proclaimed. I think that was his, his thing. That's his thing. He jokes about nothing a show about nothing he kind of points out things in language or things that people do that are oddly odd but kind of about nothing big nothing special okay we open in the the next scene after he does his little stand-up goes into this diner they call it pete's luncheon i will tell you that this is not the normal diner that the regular season or the later seasons take place in this was different from what i was used to seeing the layout's completely different and i don't know if you noticed but in the very opening frame there is a payphone on the corner have you ever used a payphone i think like i saw one in like a small old town like years ago and i think i posed for a picture with it but i don't think i've ever actually used one (laughs) okay back in 1989 (laughs) we were using payphones (laughs) that was the latest technology It's really funny because when you said 1989, I was like, I just have no concept before cell phones. This could have been filmed in 1980. It could have been 1995. Like everything, you know, BC is before Christ, like BC of like before cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is before cell phones or after. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, I remember a time before cell phones when you had to contact anybody, you had to use this payphone. You had to have quarters. 
when technology advanced, you could use a prepaid phone card with like numbers that you dialed in. But the trick that we used to do was, for example, if say mom had to come pick us up, Mm -hmm. you would dial the number, you would have no quarters. And then the operator would say, collect call from Vicky. Do you want to accept this call? And the trick was, I mean, I feel like all kids and parents did this, that she would decline the call because that was signal that we were ready to be picked up from practice. Oh, wow. So you didn't have to get charged to say, yes. I'm ready to be picked up from practice. Yeah. That's, That's funny. It's so funny because if you decline a call now, it's like a rude. But back then it's like, I'm on my way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We needed to save 25 cents. It would be five cents to make a call. Another little, I guess, payphone tidbit. And then I, we can get back into the episode. I Do you know the song eight? The song Jenny, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 80s song. I remember me and my friends in middle school dialing that number. What did it lead to? I I feel like it connected because if you think about it, there's probably an eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine in like every area code. Oh, okay. So if you're just dialing eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, you're getting whatever that area, you know, that person in that area code is. That's so funny. I had a very similar experience with the song Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. And it's triple nine eight two one two or like six seven eight triple nine eight two one two. I'm pretty sure is in the song. I don't think I was ever brave enough to actually call it, but I'm curious if it would be like this phone number is reserved for this song, Soldier Boy. It might yeah. be. He might have he might have claims on that phone number. Maybe. Or some poor family has to keep getting all these calls of like teenagers. (laughs) Yes. All right. So back to the episode. We just saw Jerry and George in the diner. Jerry was talking about this girl, Laura, who's supposed to come into town. And George is basically telling Jerry, you're a backup plan. She didn't even give you any indication she really wants to hang out with you. She used the words, I have to go to, I think it was a seminar, Mm -hmm. and maybe we could get together. George is putting all these ideas in Jerry's head like, yeah, so this girl called you, but because of how she said it, you're her backup plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Then they move to this next scene, which is where we're at now at the laundromat. And George again is saying more about Laura. She didn't even ask if you had plans on a Saturday night. You have no idea what hotel she's even staying at. So you cannot contact her. That Um, for me was shocking when I was like, you can't contact her. That's when I was like, okay, this is before cell phones, BC, like... (laughs) This interaction of dating, I can't even imagine calling the hotel. Oh, yeah. That's what you had to do. You You would be a stalker if you called someone's hotel. I mean, now, but back then, that's how you would be like, I'm staying at this hotel. You would call the hotel and you would say, I need to speak to either the room number or you would give a name and they would connect you through to the hotel room phone. Nowadays, they'd be like, we we can't give out that information. <laughs> that's not safe. No, true. But yeah, that that's what we did. George is saying this girl is not into you. You literally have no way of contacting her. 
Yeah. Basically. And and now at this point, it's in Jerry's head. You know what? I think you're right. I have no idea how to even contact her. So he switched back to his stand-up. He's talking about laundry day being the most exciting day for clothes. You know, the washing machine is known as the nightclub for clothes. He goes into the life cycle of a sock. Again, this is jokes of kind of about nothing, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I guess I never really thought of it like that. I feel like a lot of stand-up could just be about like some minuscule thing that you notice. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's funny. I mean, nowadays I can watch stand-up on Netflix all the time. Was this like the first broadcasted stand-up no but and i don't have context to say if this is even first an intermingled sitcom with stand-up okay probably not i'd really have to think about it but he was a stand-up comedian first and then mm-hmm. I, I he goes in years later saying how uncomfortable he was as an actor shooting the show because he was not an actor he was a comedian doing this show yeah We go now into Jerry's apartment. That's the next scene. And we're introduced to Kramer. One thing, again, being the pilot episode, this set layout is similar to what it is in the other episodes. But there's differences in the furniture. You got wicker high chairs for the countertop. He's got a Mets poster in the background, some pleather gray couch. There's like a tiling backsplash. So that's all very different from what it evolves, the show evolves into. But we get introduced to the next main character who is Kramer. And he's kind of, I guess, what was your take on what what Kramer appeared to be to you? He, I don't really know how to describe it. I guess most shows have that funny friend who's maybe... The word ditzy comes to mind, whether it's male or female, they're not all with it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the best way I would describe him. Just seems a little bit out of it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely playing Kramer up a lot here with the robe. Mm -hmm. His hair, his hair is actually somewhat normal. (laughs) Later on, (laughs) we're going to see his hair evolve throughout the episodes. There's even a comment made at some point in this scene where he is saying he hasn't been out of the building for 10 years. Mm. That is not what the character evolves into. That was kind of interesting to me. But what stood out to me in this scene is that Jerry's sitting on it like he sets himself up to sit down he starts watching a game the phone rings and he answers it and the first thing he says when he answers the phone is if you know what happened in the met game don't tell me i taped it (laughs) that had to be totally foreign to you because if you wanted to watch something on tv you had to tape it and then you basically had to cut yourself from all civilization so that nobody told you what happened yeah Um, well, when I was a kid, I remember recording on the the television box. I don't even know what that's called anymore, but you could go and on your remote say, record this, but it wasn't a tape. It was within the TV. But yeah. Taping is not something 
that I ever did, but we did record things. But it's interesting how you say you have to shut yourself off from the rest of the world because that's like social media now. If there is a show that you haven't watched yet, you won't go on any social media because you might accidentally scroll across a post that has it. Yeah. A spoiler. That's a good point. Jerry gets off the phone. It ends up being a wrong number. Kramer comes on in and he says something along the lines of the Mets blew it. And Jerry crumbles to the ground. He's so upset (laughs) because he's first of all, he's a Mets fan in real life. He's a known Mets fan. A lot of this real life stuff for him does translate into the show, the stand up, the Mets fan. There's another thing that I'll point out as well. But he was basically saying, you know, I avoided all human contact all night to watch this. It's now one in the morning and within seconds it's ruined for him i'm only assuming that maybe he was doing stand-up and just got home and wasn't able to watch the game and this is where he's at yeah kramer says he's sorry and then pulls out two uh pieces of bread from his pockets and asks if jerry has any meat this is kind (laughs) of setting up who kramer is kramer you'll see in episodes going forward he's kind of always scrounging around out (laughs) out of jerry's apartment and then kramer's yeah i almost went to the game and jerry doesn't believe it because he was saying you haven't even been out of the building in 10 years kramer finds some meat out of jerry's fridge he's eating his sandwich and then another thing that might have looked foreign to you i don't know if you picked up on it jerry takes a newspaper he's got a newspaper spread out all over his couch he picks it up, gathers it up, and he puts it on the coffee table so that Kramer can sit down. Have you ever read a newspaper? Yes. Yeah. We had newspapers around the house. They were there. Honestly, newspapers were like, at the time I was like a kid, I feel like we were just using them to cover our table for an art project. (laughs) But I have enjoyed a major historical event. I like to get the newspaper as a, I don't know, like a little history to keep. Yeah. I've done that. I do that. Okay. Kramer's sitting down and he picks up a magazine, which you had to have had. Did you ever, like magazines a thing? So big. Yes. My whole wall was covered in magazine posters of teen celebrities like Selena Gomez at the time. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Kramer's looking through the magazine. He starts ripping stuff out of the magazine again, making his himself at home as if jerry's apartment is his own domain (laughs) then they start to talk about this girl laura and kramer's like i can talk to her if you want jerry and obviously jerry's like no 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 (laughs) the phone rings and it ends up being laura jerry's talking to laura as kramer's kind of making noise in the background he's walking around his apartment holding the phone base (laughs) in one hand you know it's attached to a long cord to the wall and then he's got the receiver kind of scrunched up between his shoulder and his ear the phone is one of those that you kind of put the receiver on the top of the phone it's got the push button dials i'm pretty sure you've never used a phone like that The only thing close enough to that is an art project I did in middle school with paper mache. I made a phone that looked like that, but I've never actually had a phone that looked like that. Was it like a historical reference type of project? Exactly. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I wondered if that looked 
odd to you as well or stood out. Another thing then that kind of translate between real Jerry and Jerry on the show is we get introduced to a cereal box. He writes down Laura's information because they planned for Jerry and George to pick her up at the airport. She was planning to stay at Jerry. So he's writing down the information of where he can pick her up. He picks out a box. I think it says Odie's, which is the cereal. Mm -hmm. Jerry is known for loving cereal he thinks it's the most perfect meal because you can (laughs) eat and drink all in one like spoon motion so very efficient (laughs) yes as the episodes go on in the background you'll see cereal boxes start to kind of accrue it kind of becomes the background in his kitchen just the plethora of cereal boxes (laughs) the next scene is the next day george and jerry are carrying in an extra bed it's kind of like a a soft mattress that's kind of just rolled up. They're carrying this, lugging this bed in. And George is just beside himself. He can't even believe that he brought in an extra bed. You know, why would you even give options? And mm-hmm. Kramer comes in. He's like, this is ridiculous as well. And then George is like, I need the exact phrasing of how she sounded on the phone because it's still really up in the air, whether this is her coming in as a friend or her coming in as, I guess, a date weekend. They go into talking about how, you know, this is looking better for Jerry because there's 11 million decent hotel rooms. And her excuse was that she couldn't find a decent hotel room is why she asked to stay at Jerry's apartment. So, That kind of ends that scene. I don't know if anything stood out to you in that scene, but what stood out to me is the the fact that they logged this mattress from wherever it came from. It's a huge (laughs) mattress. And today we have air mattresses. Yeah. Was that not even a thing back then? I tried to remember when was my first air mattress. And I think I owned one. Grandma gave me an air mattress. I want to say in like 2007. Okay. So yeah. They probably existed before then, but that was the first air mattress I had. And I have no idea how or where she got it from because it was a camping mattress. So in order to blow it up, you had to drag it out to your car. You had to plug it in. Have you ever seen a cigarette lighter in a car? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> well, to be fair, my car is from 2007. So does it have <laughs> it one? one? Yeah, it doesn't work, but it has one. Okay. So I had you would have to drag your full size mattress out <laughs> to your car, plug it into the cigarette lighter, like the pump. Yeah. Like the air pump into okay. your cigarette lighter. And then it blew up the full size mattress. Drag it back into your house. Wait. Why was why didn't it just have a wall piece? What was the point of having it only work for a cigarette lighter? I don't know if it's because grandma gave us a camping mattress. Right. Or if that's really just how they were made back then. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm assuming maybe someone along the line had thought of a wall plug. (laughs) First air mattress I had. Okay. Was Given to me by grandma. It was a camping mattress. Okay. That makes sense. So when we used it, that's how we were blowing it up. Okay. Interesting. That kind of checks out for something that grandma would have. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea how she got a hold of it. Yeah. 
The other thing that stuck out to me is when they're saying, why would you even give her an option to sleep in a different bed? I don't think nowadays that probably would make it into a series. <laughs> that, that's been an interesting thing. Looking back on old shows is like, hmm, that would probably, that show would get not canceled, but culturally canceled. For stuff oh, yeah. Like that. There's definitely stuff when I watch back now, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So I don't know if air mattresses existed in 1989. I don't know <laughs> that they did and they were only for rich and famous people. He might have had an elevator, but a lot of apartments in New York City don't have elevators. You're lugging up if you're bringing something in anything, groceries, luggage, a mattress, furniture, anything. Sometimes five, if you live on the fifth floor, you're walking up five flights of stairs. So that just to me was a very date, like a dated thing that really mm -hmm. was going on back in the 80s yeah all right enough about that jerry cuts to his stand-up again he starts going into another thing about cotton balls he never has owned them he's never used them he has no idea why women have them because they use so many of them mm -hmm. later when he became really really big he did a hbo special do you know what hbo is yeah HBO special. They have a streaming service now, so that's what I know them from. HBO Max, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He did a special. Uh, I remember me and my friends, we all got together. We watched it. We had the CD. We listened to it for hours, just reciting this over and over again. So a lot, some of the stuff from his stand-up that he does, you know, during the show is actually what becomes his HBO special. Hmm. Okay. All right, finally, we're at the airport. Jerry and George are waiting for Laura to get in. Now they're talking about how do we know if this is a date? George goes into saying it's all in the greeting. They're talking about different greeting scenarios. And as they're kind of acting out and going through each of the greeting scenarios, she walks up behind him and puts her hands over his eyes, which was none of the options that they had talked about. So now they're still in the dark. They have no idea. <laughs> If this is a date weekend or a friend weekend, she's wearing this long skirt, a button up shirt with a vest. It looked more 90s to me, but I guess we're entering the 90s. So when I again, when I found out that this was in the 80s, I was I was shocked. Now they are back at Jerry's apartment. They're sitting on the couch. She starts giving indications that this is a date weekend. She asks for wine. She asks if she could turn the lights down. She asks if she could stay an extra night. Then she starts talking about hanging out with him the next day. They make plans. She's saying, I really, really want to go on this tour. I want to do this touristy thing. I want to go on this five-hour tour around Manhattan. And you could see in his face, nobody that lives in Manhattan wants to be doing a five-hour tour around Manhattan. Yeah. But he, he agrees. He's it, all, all signs are saying this is a date weekend. He's So he's <laughs> like, sure, I'll totally do it. And then the phone rings. And he's all happy. He answers the phone. And it's for Laura. Again, there's no way to get a hold of this woman. So she would have given whoever you need to get a hold of Jerry's phone number for the weekend. Yeah. Which I'm sure looked very bizarre to you. Yeah. It was interesting to be like the the call is for you because, yeah, that makes sense. There's no other way for her, I guess, fiance to get in touch with her. 
Yes. And you just gave away the ending, but Oof, I'm pretty sure our <laughs> listeners already know. That's what she says when she hangs up the phone, never get engaged. He finds out that he just agreed to this five-hour boat tour around Manhattan, <laughs> and this is now just a friend. So that's kind of the you know twist of the end of the show. That was it. I don't know. What were your overall thoughts of it, guess, about the first show? I thought it was good. I was a lot of the stuff I guess I didn't really notice was so outdated. I don't know if I just skimmed over them, but you're right. There's a lot of different, I think it's stuff I've heard about you and mom talk about. So, but then I'm like, oh, I've actually never done that myself. One thing I was thinking is, do they even make pilots anymore? I feel like nowadays when you watch a show, it's all the episodes are uploaded at once to Netflix. This concept of the first pilot episode and the furniture looks totally different in the next episode or, you know, as the season goes on because they change it. I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. That's a super good point. I'm sure they're testing like there's probably a test audience that's still watching the concept of it. I Mm -hmm. I can't be. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I definitely have. On our next episode, episode two, more info to kind of talk about what went down with the Seinfeld pilot episode and the time between that when that aired and the next episode. So, yeah, no, that's a great point. And that's something really new to the industry. In fact, Mm -hmm. as we speak, SAG-AFTRA is on strike right now because of the streaming services not getting royalties from things and now there's the conversation of ai and so mm-hmm. a lot has changed since 1989 but this is this is the show that made the characters here rich and famous because they do get royalties they were getting royalties before the major streaming services um just to kind of wrap up um he does end the show with saying that Uh, men want women but the best ideas that they have is honking horns or yelling at them from from construction sites again he uses this in his stand-up that they just aren't really a very smart (laughs) group of people (laughs) i guess those are their best ideas and then they kind of roll out the credits they give these still photos of him while he was doing his stand-up which to me seemed very 80s i don't know if that's anything you've witnessed yeah i don't i don't think so honestly i don't know i think it says next scene before like a lot of those even or next episode (laughs) before they pop up so i honestly don't think i saw that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and if you stayed on watching you would have seen some very uh basic graphics for the production companies that came on afterwards but yeah no there you go you just skip to the next episode so oh my gosh yeah in association in association with and it's just like a blue screen and text yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so that's it that's our first episode that was really fun i'm glad Mm -hmm. that we got to do this and season one episode one is done but i do want to say at one point i was writing tally marks when i was watching this yesterday because i got interrupted about five or six times just everybody except the dog had to come in and (laughs) say something ask for something i I don't even know (laughs) 
It's only a 23 minute episode. My first yeah. interruption came in at seven seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked when it ended. I was like, you know, nowadays I'm ready to watch an hour long episode of something. And it was 23 minutes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I watched the second one because I had designated an hour for it. So I was like, <laughs> why not? It would be a half hour TV show. They throw in commercials. Mm. You'd have a full 30 minutes. But with the streaming services, you don't get the commercials. So, yeah. All right. To everyone listening, stay tuned for our next episode and we'll have a little bit of information about what happened between episode one, episode two. You got anything else to say, Bob? I don't think so. Just thanks for listening and thanks for setting it up, Vic. All right. Great. Well, as always, you can reach out to us at podcastsisters at iCloud.com. Other than that, we hope you will join us next time. Thanks and goodbye. Bye.